thanks, Phil, and welcome to the New Media Collective Room on Clubhouse, as well as our uh, podcast, Billion Dollar Mind. Those of you listening, today's a very special day. We're going to cram everything I know into one hour. One Hour Business Accelerator is called, and we're recording two our Billion Dollar Mind podcast. As Phil better mentioned, our podcast producer, I want to tell you a little bit about the New Media Collective, those of you listening. Number one, we are an authentic group of conscious entrepreneurs who gather on the digital space and have a clubhouse room Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Mountain. And we talk about all things business, from business coaching to learning how to brand, to business strategy, to podcasting, to anything you can think of. So I'm Tate, and I am in Denver, and it's really lovely to have, of course, I mentioned Phil before, and it's also very lovely to have uh, Sean Clark on stage from Skipper Doodle Productions. want to say hello to Sean, and uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. I am a nearly 30-year educator who survived a stroke and started after retiring an award-winning screenwriting career. So I'm a 55-year-old baby writer and producing content for all screens coming nowhere soon to a screen near you. That is outstanding, Sean. Uh, It's really great to see. How did you get started in uh, film, if you don't mind me asking? Not at all. I actually did a personal inventory of the gifts that I've been given and being uh, having some affinity with story and some Blarney from my 100% Irish dad and uh, being a, a great fan of movies. They just seemed like a perfect marriage to me and I've taught myself along the way after being an English major. Uh, professor of English at the junior college and high school level for almost 30 years, as I mentioned. So I've read widely and am now putting my money where my mouth is. Oh, that's, that's really great. That's fantastic. I absolutely love that. Discovering your passion, uh, discovering that passion and turning it into profits and not just profits in terms of the wealth and money factor, but also I'm sure profit and wealth in terms of the ability to share your message out there with others. And congratulations on being an award-winning screenwriter. And also congratulations for surviving teaching the high school, especially <laughs> level, as well as the junior college level. Um, so we will now refer to you as the professor. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you should yeah. have cultivated the, the beard for the look. I love it. You you look the part, too. And uh, so, you know, setting the stage here for our podcast and room on Clubhouse, um, you know, oftentimes, and you've given us a lead-in that's perfect, Sean. It's a perfect lead-in because how do we turn our purpose into a business or a brand or a passion into profits? And so you've given us this kind of platform to launch off of. So I'm just going to set the stage by um, reminding everybody that you can spend one entire year. uh, Oops. Uh, Sean, I'm going to mute you. I think you're 
uh, feedback a little bit there. So sorry about that. But anyway, we're coming back to this idea of a year, right? In a year, a year's time, we often think of things in terms of a year. Birthdays, holidays happen annually. Um, and so too does, uh, so to do classes often, uh, year-long classes, year-long uh, seminars that we sit in. Um, we, we're an annual operated society. Um, it's almost like you have to get to that next year for things to matter. And, uh, you know, the New Year's, everybody sets resolutions and, uh, you know, then they fail, right? Well, I'm under the impression that one year is a very long time. And things slip away. So one of the things that I do with my business coaching clients is that we collapse time. And no, I don't have a fancy time machine. Simply all that put is to collapse a year's worth in 30 days. And we call this concept the accelerator. Um, and this concept works for many different people, many different niches, many, many different jobs, uh, as well as many different uh, types of business. So today we're calling it our one hour business accelerator. And I wanted to just hear from uh, the folks that have been on stage as well as I will give some nuggets of valuable information directly from my uh, 30 day business coaching accelerator. And uh, uh, I'm just going to welcome Raj Singh into the room and uh, do my moderator duties here, make Phil a co-mod, make Roger co-mod. Awesome. All right. Cool. Good to see you here, Raj. Um, we're just kind of getting started and we're talking about condensing and collapsing our time learning into a smaller time segment. And uh, as I was mentioning, 30 days is what, uh, you know, as a month, collapsing time into a month does a couple of things. One, it creates the sense of urgency. It also removes perfectionism uh, because you've got to do it, right? So today we have one hour business accelerator and uh, we're going to see what we can get through and what we can share about. So uh, before uh, we move on, I'm going to allow Raj Singh to say hello and welcome himself to the one hour business accelerator. Hey, Tate, uh, thank you for bringing me up on stage. Um, good evening, everyone from the UK. It's uh, 10 p.m. here. Um, hi. <laughs> uh, welcome to everyone in the room. Hi, Phil. How you doing? Hope you're great. Tate, I hope you're great. Good afternoon. I'm pretty sure it's around about 3 p.m. over there where you are. And um, I've just actually finished watching a James Bond movie. Um, Casino Royale, because I believe the fifth part is out in about a couple of days. So just catching up on the old movies and yeah, just uh, been chilling out. So over to you, Tate. So great to hear your voice, Raj. Glad that you've caught up on your James Bond and uh, so nice to see you in this room today. So let's hop to it. So one of the first things that happens in uh, business planning and when somebody asks the question like they did live yesterday on our Instagram live we did how do I start a business <laughs> so that's a big question and some 
that are listening right now are asking that same question, particularly in light of the pandemic and how it has attached us to our homes. And unfortunately and sadly, it has uh, transitioned us into different careers in some cases. Um, although I like to look at the positive side, and if you're feeling down right now, that's okay. There is help um, with people that we have in the New Media Collective. Uh, we can help you uh, bring your life back in terms of coming in and learning all of the ability, uh, uh, learning how to start a business, pivot a business start into a new business. And so really, I would argue the first piece uh, that comes with an hour, uh, our hour-long business accelerator today, the first piece of starting a business starts with you. So starting with myself, uh, you know, for over 10 years, I was a public educator teaching the performing arts. And uh, I pivoted out of that rather quickly when my Addiction took its toll a decade and a half ago, and so I was lost and didn't know what to do next. So going into the grind, going into Walmart, going into uh, Best Buy, uh, great companies, but just wasn't for me. You know, trying to be guided by uh, by the heavy hand of the manager is not definitely not for some of us, right? So at some point, I got wise and started my own business, but. Um, one of the things I learned throughout many trials and errors and many times failing is that I've got to start with myself. So I'd encourage us to talk a little about that on the stage today. And the question I would like to pose out there to our stage uh, dwellers today, and thank you for being here in the New Media Collective on stage, is the question is, what was that trigger that point that got you to the point to step over the chasm or take that first leap to go into business for yourself or a brand for yourself. And so I'm asking that question as sort of a primer question for us to move forward. And so I'll just uh, wait for any mic flashes. If you want to share on stage, flash your mic and I would be happy to send them. Oh, Phil, Phil better. I see your Mac mic flashing. Uh, I want to hear from you, and then we'll move over to Sean after Phil. Thanks, Phil. Welcome. Thank you so much, Tate. Uh, this is something I've been wrestling with for the last month, and um, it's uh, why I went into business as my for myself was due to uh, 2020 being a crazy year. Uh, I had a burnout at the beginning of 2020 that helped me realize that my current the current job I was in was not where I was going to remain the rest of my life they were too small thinking if you will and funny enough it was a multi-billion dollar business but they were thinking too small and they didn't want to go into innovation so I started learning how to learn to make money online because I've I heard about the four-hour work week I've saw successes from my friends uh that I would be connected to on Facebook so I decided to go in and learn about myself and the straw that like really broke the camel's back, if you will, and the one that forced me to do the leap into being my a full-fledged entrepreneur was an interaction I had with management and how it was I was actually disrespected by my manager um, when it came to my passion of podcasting. Um, 
Tate, as you know, and most of the listeners may know for me from my my podcast or from listening to me on this podcast, I've been in the industry over six, close to six years now, and it's something that I'm I'm truly passionate about, and this is what I make my business about. And in the meeting, uh, they they uh, I corrected someone who uh, wrote podcasting incorrectly, putting the space between pod and cast, and I I politely corrected them. I, I believed, and then I got called the grammar police. And I defended my point of view uh, to the manager because it was my manager had made the comment and that ended up uh, resulting into a phone call um, uh, later in the day between me and her, which then led to a meeting between me, her direct manager and my, my manager. And it became at that point that I decided to quit uh, because I was, I explained my point of view and what happened and they came back with what I was doing in training, which wasn't anything bad, but it was just questioning how we did business to see how we could make everything more efficient because I was talking with entrepreneurs who make their life efficiency and how they streamline and make profits. So I was only trying to provide some experience. And so that's what really made me jump into entrepreneurship 100%. It was the kind of the disrespect and not, willingness to be open to new ideas um and that's why i jumped into the entrepreneurial world pretty much oh phil podcast the spelling of a word was your gift Mm -hmm. your gift to transition yeah Uh, it reminds me of a quote here and we'll get on to sean after this A, a quote by r buckminster fuller Uh, who is a 20th century architect who did things very differently with the geodesic dome. He said, never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. Yeah. What a powerful statement that was. So I'll move over to Sean now. Uh, What was that spark that got you off of what you were doing and on to doing business for yourself, my friend. Well, having uh, had a family and needing to provide for them, I took the safe route in education, which paid me well. But the reason I got into it was because of my love of language and literature. And then, of course, was too busy to do any of it. So all of my creativity was on hold. And I'm certainly not recommending this to you, but a stroke was a was a big knock in the head for me to start doing what I what I love because we only have so much time. And Tate, if I range too far, reel me in. But I had a couple of things that you mentioned earlier. I wanted to get to uh, the fact that yes, please you go are right sque- ahead. squeezing down your larger time frame into a smaller time frame. I love that, even if it's just as an exercise, because so often the deadlines that we have are self-imposed or in other ways, completely artificial. So um, if we set these things for ourselves and say, well, you know, I got to be done with this in two months, well, why? And let's see if we accelerate it. I love your idea that we're scraping away all the inessentials. And as far as getting going, anybody out there listening, go. Start anywhere. Go everywhere stolen that from somewhere and sorry I can't attribute it and they'll have to sue me if they hear it oh Sean that's okay you know this is social media and um, a lot of what we do and podcasting a lot of what we do is repurposing other people's beautiful (laughs) beautiful plans 
In fact, the idea of condensing time or collapsing time, uh, time is a construct that we made up. We created our calendar. We create the 12-hour day. It kind of fits well with how the sun works and everything, but we just as easily could have used the 36-hour day or a 48-hour day. Uh, But for some reason, we settled on 24 on this planet. Uh, So thank you for sharing that. And I wanted to make reference to what you mentioned. And thank you for being so vulnerable and letting us know about that uh, life-altering occurrence in your life. Mm -hmm. You say having a stroke really does uh, shift and change priorities, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Would you mind sharing with us just a bit about what types of priorities shifted um, and and almost like I'm curious what the time frame was. I'm sure there was some recovery. And then my seventh year of recovery now, yes. Oh, I, w- I was very fortunate, actually, in an odd way, to have my stroke at 48. My neurosurgeon said if I were five or ten years older, he and I never would have had a conversation. Wow. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry, what, your question before that and, was? Uh, yeah, and, and the I guess my question is beyond that is, and I'm also very happy that you, that it occurred how it did. Otherwise we wouldn't have you here in this room now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sean, I was going to ask what it, what, how did it feel when your priorities shifted mm-hmm. after that life altering health, uh, health occurrence? Yes. It's, it's frightening when the floors pulled out from under you. And, uh, of course, in my particular circumstance, it was very emasculating having been an able-bodied, active person and having to adapt to new ways of doing everything. And I won't go into details there, but if you think about your daily living skills, every single thing, try doing things with, with one arm just for a day. Put your pants on. Challenging. But uh, Since I'm also a believer that these experiences that we have are uh, fodder for our own enlightenment and can come out in the ways that we create and interact, I would certainly recommend that we don't look at these as devastations, but rather as, as learning opportunities. There is no failure, only learning. Okay, you said something that really resonated in, viscerally resonated in my heart. And that is, uh, that is not accepting something that looks on the face like it's a tragedy, to just be a tragedy, but for it to become something different, almost a transmutation or a shifting a perspective to gratitude. And you mentioned just relearning to use parts of your body, an arm, just doing tasks with one arm. After a period of time of struggle, I think it's pretty common that we all start to feel gratitude in much greater degrees. Mm-hmm. And, you know, shifting into the business aspect of one hour business accelerator and condensing time, you're now seven years into your recovery. And I mean, that's mag- 
magnificent and congratulations and it's beautiful that uh you know it's difficult to be faced with the idea that the philosophy that all things occur perfectly for mm-hmm. the perfect reason in this world and uh if that were true uh or if that were not true i'm sorry i wouldn't be here phil wouldn't be here because you know he would have spelled podcast Right. I mean, his boss would have spelled podcast, right? <laughs> Raj, Raj wouldn't be here. I know his story. Um, Nikhil out in the audience, I'm sure has some ideas on that as well. So I just think that we're in the state of gratitude today up on this stage. So it's beautiful. And that's in fact, one of the first lessons that we all need to learn in creating our business and condensing all of this business into one hour of a podcast. Uh, So you're listening to our Billion Dollar Mind podcast. If you do elect to come on stage, you are recorded on our podcast. You can be able to announce your business and that's fine. And then you'll get that airtime. And so I just wanted to let you know that if you do choose to come up to stage. And thank you so much for being here. We're talking condensing time down into one hour of a business accelerator. And so far we've talked about some things about gratitude, how we shifted uh, from the workaday life nine to five to our own creative business. Um, But uh, I would love to hand over to Raj for his, uh, for his feedback, you know, that, that spark that shifted in Raj's mind that said, I need to do something for me. What was that for you, my friend? Hey, Jay. Uh, thank you for that. So, so basically, as um, I'm pretty sure I've, I've mentioned this story many times. Um, and Phil, I'm pretty sure yourself, you will hear it on Thursday. And um, Jay, you've heard it many times. But for the people that haven't heard it in the audience, that it was my past experiences and where I was and where I am today. So it was a fact that I had to do something in terms of in the 1990s in the UK, the recession hit pretty bad. My father was working for a very well-reputable construction company that went bust because the private sector was hit first. And when that got hit, my father lost his job. He lost his property. He lost his three cars. My daddy saw three Mercedes cars, you know, in different colors and, there were different ranges, like from 230E to um, 220 and, and so forth. You know, so, he, so he had like different Mercedes cars. And this is in the 80s, 90s I'm talking about, you know. So my father was earning some really, really good money. But when he lost the problem, when he lost everything, the one thing that sticks to my mind to this day, and I think it will stay with me till the day I die, is that when the gentleman from the bank came to our house, and he said to my dad, he goes, Mr. Singh, this is the most hardest part of my job. Can I please have the keys to your house? Now, my father had worked for that house. My father built a life for us. And it was gone within a snap of a finger because of the recession that came. And the government at that time just didn't care because they went to the Falklands War. And that ultimately cost the, the government and it cost the country, which they lost, I believe. And it basically was a ripple effect on a lot of families. So unfortunately, my family was one that was affected. And what happened was it then spurred me on to basically become who I am today. And it was a case of like, I needed to 
do something in order to make money. And while I was in college, I was training as a drummer, you know, um, and I learned how to play the Punjabi drums. I then went on to do lots of shows, saved up money. I worked, I worked very hard. And in 2014, my, my business exclusive PR was launched. And the idea was to help businesses because of my experiences with PR companies as an artist, with record labels as an artist. You see, so the idea was to help these individuals to uh, succeed. And I'm here today helping businesses with my 30 minute consultations. And as we discussed um, uh, last week, Tate, it was like a dine and dash. So you do get some clients that do a dine and dash. You get some clients that are interested. And funny enough, today I've spoken to a client who I'm hoping, and we are very, very close to working together. He's got a client, or he's got clients that might be signing to my UK record label, and then we will be promoting them here in the UK. But not only here, I will be hoping that we can promote them in Dubai and in Africa, and uh, as well as Canada. You know, so. The fact of the matter is, sometimes you just got to have hunger and you got to have the persistence in order for you to achieve what you want. Now, for me, it was my past experience and it was locked in my head that I wanted to give my parents their livelihood and their home back to them. So my sisters and myself had the same mindset because we felt that our parents came in, they sacrificed a lot, they sacrificed a lot for us to educate us, feed us, clothe us, and then we can only, we can give back, you know, and we have, you know, and I think you've heard many times me tell you that we bought my father last year a BMW X5 for Father's Day. Now for us, and the way I look at it, and between our siblings is money is a means to an end. However, you need money to survive, otherwise you can't eat. You know, you've got to survive, you've got to pay your bills, you've got to have a house mm-hmm. to live in. You know, so those are the things that actually motivated me and instigated me to having the money. Yeah. Oh, so true. You said money, right. Is a, is a utility that we use. Money is paper energy. It's what comes along after the values given. Uh, and so thank you, Raj for really stating, uh, I've heard it many times, but I never get tired of hearing it because it all ends in that one moment of your, interest in purchasing that car for your dad and such amazing uh, feelings come with the idea of giving. And so just to speed things up a little bit, we're, we're talking about one hour business accelerator today and condensing and collapsing time into just one hour of a podcast. So we need to move on to a new topic. But this first topic we just spoke about is re-envision yourself. We have to discover where our energy and attention is. First, prior to us uh, starting to design a business and launch a business, right? Because if it happens the other way around, we get off course. And we're soon we end up with a business that we don't enjoy and it's not sustainable. So as this beautiful quote states, one of my favorite energy flows where attention goes. So picking up in the spirit of one hour business accelerator, we're going to condense some time and move on to 
the next little micro topic, which I would propose is if you've already discovered your dream self, then what what is your dream vision for your business? So if you've if you've looked into yourself and discovered that, you know, things aren't working the way they ought to be for me right now, and you've discovered that passion, now it's time to put that to work in terms of a dream vision. And this comes straight from my uh, 30-day business accelerator. So I'm sort of using that script, uh, so to speak, that's normally 30 days, but we're condensing it here into an hour. So looking into our dream vision has a few different parts. And so the question that I want to ask everyone is to take an honest look at where you are right now in life. Is it a place where you want to be? If it's not, consider re-envisioning your direction. And to do that, uh, we really need to start to answer a couple of questions. And let me pull up that question here. Here's the question. Would you rather, A, focus on not being your present vision? Not focus on being your present vision. Or B, would you rather become your dream vision? Now, I'm going to read that again because it's very complicated. It's so simple. It's complicated. Would you rather focus on not being your present vision? Or would you rather become your dream vision? That is the question that we ought to take a look at. And I want to welcome Lou into the room. Lou Temlet, our tech guru, I want to give you the mic. See if you can both answer that question. And I'll read it one more time. Would you rather focus on not being your present vision? Or would you rather become your dream vision? And feel free to introduce yourself to our podcast, Billion Dollar Mind, and to our new media collective room. Lou, the mic is yours. Hello, Tate. Thank you so much for the mic. Great to see you here, Phil and Raj. Um, I caught the end of, of your conversation, Raj, and, uh, you know, kind of gratitude for money and just, you know, having a collective vision to, to kind of, you know, make life better, not just for yourself, but for, for your family and uh, people around you. Tate, I love your question. Um, I'm just going to rephrase it in my terminology so that I kind of understand myself. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, I, I'm not very good with negatives, but let me, I think the choice is <laughs> um, not focusing on my future self or focusing on my dream self. Now, um, in, in kind uh, of to a correct uh, to, to just <laughs> solidify it's would you rather focus on not being your present vision or present self or would you rather focus on becoming your dream vision hey that sounds like the same thing it's kind of a convergence of not um, <laughs> for not focusing on the present means focusing on the future and then focusing on your future self. It's the same question, Tate. <laughs> ah, I love, I love how you, this is so beautiful because is it the same question? Now it's a lot easier to see it. And Lou, thank you for being the guinea pig on this. But the tricky part is the underlined word is not. 
would you rather focus on not being your present vision or would you rather focus on becoming your dream vision? So the question is set up to be just slightly confusing because where <laughs> our attention goes, energy flows, right? Uh, earlier we had Sean on who suffered a stroke and is in seven years of uh, survivor mode now from that and healthy. Uh, did he focus on not being the victim of a stroke or did he focus on becoming a healthy self? So maybe that's a little bit better of a way to explain it. Does that make sense, Lou? It does. It does. But I'm still going to throw out the not one and I'm not going to answer it because for me, it's always <laughs> like, hey, I'm, I love it. I'm just putting a spanner in the works here. Kate. Actually, because I'm glad you threw that one out because that's the one that we should throw out, right? Yeah. I mean, the, sub the subconscious can't make sense of negative words. Certainly when I'm trying to, um, you know, educate my children and kind of get them on the right path, so to speak, I won't ever say, don't walk in the road. I'll say, you know, can you just walk on the pavement, please, in a nice kind of tone. So I, I, it, the negative words for me, I've kind of bunged them out already. They're gone. Um, so focusing on the present, definitely, or not focusing. Oh, I don't know. I'm still confused. Um, anyway. <laughs> Thank you for being a good sport. <laughs> You're so mean, Tate. But anyway, yes, absolutely. Focusing on the future self um, and having that vision. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I forget to do that most days, actually. So I'm really grateful for the reminder to actually focus on, on what that future vision is and just hold it tight. And just, you know, uh, I guess when, you, when you've been through any circumstance, you want to find an object to ground yourself. Um, the only thing that I can ground myself with right now is my AirPod um, case. So I'm going to pick this up and use this as a mechanism to remind me of my vision for my future self. You know, kind of making, it's giving yourself that muscle memory to actually physically remember. So whatever object you've got around you right now, you know, pick it up, feel it, you know, whether it's smooth, hard, soft, cold, um, and, and try and focus what your thoughts are about your future vision of yourself and and connect, you know, that, that pressure that you're kind of gripping onto whatever you've got hold of um, and, um, you know, just feeling your, your future vision. I'm sorry if that sounds really dodgy. This is an adult show, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, no. You, this is good because everyone in – okay – so lots, lots of things, in my opinion, today are very black and white, cut and dried. It's either this or that. Critical thought is an important skill uh, that we all need to have in our business, in our life. And so I particularly wanted to ask that stumper question to draw attention to the positivity of the second version of that question is, I focus on my dream vision. There's very little resilient, uh, 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 what's the word for it, Red, uh, uh, resistance to that statement. But if you are focusing on not being the current version that you don't want to be, you think, oh, my eyes are already, you know, going around in my head. 
So uh, beautifully done, Lou. I think the critical thought is important in starting that business and re-envisioning yourself, looking from that present vision of yourself into the future dream vision of the oneself. So um, I do want to welcome on stage Nikhil Gupta. It's so good to see you up on our New Media Collective stage. And I would love for you to announce yourself to our podcast, Billion Dollar Mind, and uh, out to our New Media Collective room, my friend. So welcome, Nikhil. And would you like to just share any reflections you have so far and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi. Thanks, Satan. Thanks uh, all for this wonderful discussion. Um, so uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm at this point of time on my journey. I'm pretty lucky. So there was a stage when, you know, maybe a decade back, where honestly I was pretty confused, chaotic, and uh, and uh, trying to find meaning in my life. Uh, but uh, I, I say I'm lucky because uh, by exploring a lot of things, and rather than thinking reversing the order of how I do things, which I mean, I started using my hands and then the heart and then the mind, you know. Uh, so uh, exploring things and then uh, if it sticks to it, uh, you know, if, if my heart takes to it, then taking it further and then applying the mind that, okay, what do I do with it and how do I grow further with it? So right now I'm working on accelerating my future to the present uh, because I know my journey I'm on. Uh, I feel uh, pretty uh, uh, proud and humble at the same time of my learnings uh, of all my failures as well as my small little successes. But eventually, um, I, I took up a challenge of doing three things. Uh, one was uh, I left my corporate job and then I started mentoring startups. Um, and I mentored 84 startups in India as well as... Uh, startups in on the European Union and uh, I'm pretty proud of that that uh, most of those startups uh, are doing pretty well and are healthy and um, that's a proud moment for me and taking it further I'm also wearing an entrepreneur hat where um, bringing edtech uh, to low cost edtech to uh, schools uh, in the developing nations uh, in fact that's called Panopia, it's an AI-driven uh, product where just with drag and drop you can create artificial intelligence models so that anybody can learn AI without having a fear of it. And second is our AI-based dermatology engine because in India, uh, the doctor dermatologist to a patient ratio is 1 is to 17,000. Uh, so that's a, one doctor for 17,000 patients and 50% cases are fungal. So these are the two problems uh, which we are solving. So to cut it short, uh, entrepreneurship uh, and mentoring startups was my uh, something which I really love and my for my purpose. And so I am accelerating that future more and spinning it more more to the present. And uh, ed tech and health tech uh, also I feel very uh, passionate about. And I uh, specifically that uh, at top of the pyramid people have access to it. But a lot of people are denied of uh, education and healthcare. So I'm riding on three boards. I'm loving each day of my life. I have a beautiful team. A uh, lot of given of purpose. And just accelerating the future to the present. Mm. 
Mm, thank you, Nikhil. 84 startups mentored and minted. I love that. You got a turbocharged view of just what it looks like moving from, you know, watching people move from their current vision to their dream vision, right? And seeing that happen over and over and over again, I'm sure it was quite an experience. And so, uh, you know, that really brings me into this next level of what we're talking about today in our business accelerator is this really this third day in the 30-day accelerator that I work on is I always advise people first to look at their present self, their present self. Are they happy with it? What do they like? What do they not like? And just be honest. Then on that day two, it's like, look at your future vision. Look at your desired self. What do you have a burning desire for? And Nikhil, you've looked at 84 people rapidly making that transition. And so then now I would suggest, and this is what I go to next after noticing that future vision is how do we call into our life the idea of change and abundance for good? Uh, I have a hashtag abundance for good. I love it. Hashtag abundance for good. Uh, and this is actually one of the days uh, that I teach in the accelerator. And it's all about belief in yourself, self-belief. And I'd be curious to hear how people have believed in themselves or how do they make that transition to believing in themselves? And where, where did you make that transition for yourself and where you believe? Fully believe in yourself. Uh, so, Nikhil, I saw your mic flash. Would you like to share? Yeah, so I think it was again a decade back. Uh, and uh, so I started my, so let, let, you know, let me rewind a little bit for, you know, everyone to have the context. So I started my career as an engineer. And, um, and in, you know, in India, we have this common notion of being pushed to careers uh, based on, you know, what uh, your family wants and loves. So my dad was a doctor by profession. And uh, so for, my, for me, you know, either being a doctor or being a lawyer or being, being an um, engineer. And following the status quo, I, I just went ahead and I did my engineering and I, I started working. And I was working at a research firm uh, of Microsoft. And uh, I had this yearning for, I was pretty curious as a kid also. And I, was, it, it, I think the existential crisis hit me a little bit earlier. Where I was questioning that, you know, question like, who am I? And, what is my real sense and true purpose? And uh, I used to hate going to office on Mondays, and I think that's typical of a lot of people, right? And and uh, but I only knew engineering, and I didn't know what to do out of that. So uh, I was good at my job, and uh, four years after my job, you know, I I one day said that I'm going to quit, but I don't know what I'm going to do. So I went up to my CTO and I told him, look. Hey, you know what? Um, I'm putting up my papers. I don't know what I'm going to do, but definitely I'm not, I, ca I can't do this. So, but he says that you love your job. I mean, you're good at your job. Hey, yeah, I'm good at my job, but I don't know what I want out of myself. So obviously, uh, because I myself didn't know what I want for myself, there was no way I could explain to him or comprehend, you know, that 
what I'm going through or what I'm internalizing within. But there was a sense of vacuum and sense of void, right? Uh, but I've always been a pretty spiritual person, uh, and uh, you know, and I, I and I wanted uh, time off for myself. But good, luckily, um, uh, my CTO was also a very good mentor, you know, and I and I feel very uh, privileged to have him. So he said, uh, when you don't know what to do, then just go and try everything that you can get lay your hands on, and it is better if you if if I can give you a safety net around it, and and still you can go and explore. So I said, "What do you mean?" So he said, "Look, uh, it will be a win to win. Why don't you uh, try something on the marketing side or the product management side and retail side and and travel places across the globe, meet people and 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 and, and, and we'll talk about it." So so I was very uh, you know I didn't understand the significance of how I was blessed that way. Uh, initially, because I said, all right, maybe, you know, they want me to retain me and that's why um, he's molding me that. But I took up the offer, I said, sure. So I was traveling to China, I was traveling to the States, I was traveling to Europe and uh, setting up deals, I was in a high. But I was pretty curious. So over the, uh, you know, next two years, three years, I realized that, all right, there's more than engineering to the world. And uh, and I, I was having more misses, even though I was enjoying even the business deal. Because then I realized that it's not about uh, how much you know, but it's about human dynamics and people. And uh, and uh, sometimes it's just not about that. sales, right? So it's about non-linear interactions. It's just not input process output. And how non-linear do you linear interactions? Is that what you said? Yes. Beautiful. Yes, yes. So, um, so over the uh, years, then I picked up the art and craft and skill of dealing with people across cultures and being more genuine and authentic and having a sense, driven sense of solving people's problems. And then I got, I started loving the, the business side of it, connecting the dots. So, um, obviously, now that I've done for another six years, now it's been 10 years, right? It is after this 10 years, I said, all oh, right, I've done this enough. Now what do I do? So now I had the skills, I had the tools, um, and I had a little bit of fair amount of uh, finance which I had accumulated. So I said, all right, uh, now we need to have Nikhil 2 got rebooted, but what does that mean? <laughs> but at that point of time, uh, and that's why I said I've been a little lucky this way, um, government of India approached me and he said, look, we are getting startup ecosystem in India. Uh, would you like to mentor startups because you have dealt with SaaS companies, tech companies? So I just said, sure, why not? Let, let's take up this opportunity and find out. So when I started mentoring startups, I actually found my reason to belong. Uh, because I was not dealing with products, I was dealing with human behavior. And, uh, and, and most startups which I was seeing, they were not failing because of business model. They were failing because teams were not resilient. You know, team's sense of purpose was not strong enough to sail through it. It's not that you get your idea of business all right from day one. And then he started saying, hey, how, how, now I had to mentor them whatever I had learned. Uh, uh, this non-linear interaction, this soft side, just not the technology or the business side or the sales marketing funnel. You know, and, uh, and, and, and it takes... Yeah. I, I hate to interrupt you, but I just... I, I wanted to say something important based on what you have shared with us, which is it's the story of Nikhil. 
and, and, and tell me if I'm accurate. The story of Nikhil in his business uh, journey, Nikhil starts unhappy in his job. Is that accurate so far? Absolutely. Then Nikhil recognizes he's unhappy and decides to do something about it. Is that right? Absolutely. Fortunately, Nikhil had a boss, a good mentor, that said, go explore, Nikhil. Nikhil explores. You've just demonstrated perfectly this first two sort of segments, you know, looking at my current reality, which you did through your job and you didn't like it, and going and exploring a dream vision of a reality. And you discovered the works of working with startups in the software as a service and how it's about human connections. And that's a discovery. And that's almost like a light went on in your heart, I would imagine. Is that right? Uh, yes, it went on my heart. And uh, uh, the reason was for that was far stronger because I felt that uh, we can generate so many jobs in the country until people just don't learn how to be self-sufficient. And we got to change that mindset and we got to fuel local entrepreneurship. And, uh, and, and that, that uh, vision actually, and one story led to another. So when, it, uh, so a lot of incubators started calling me across India from, you know, uh, and when I mean incubator, I mean the top incubators from European Union, uh, Climate Launchpad to IIM Ahmedabad, uh, which, you know, which is, which is, which is to Harvard University in India. And I started mentioning those startups and I started finding these guys know everything. Only what they have not discovered is how to connect with people, you know, how to have a human-to-human -human story and how to really have, install that in, into their consciousness of the team. And, Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, Nikhil, we, I, again, I hate to cut you off, but we do need to keep going. And I really appreciate you sharing your journey with us from – uh, unhappy in a job to I found a dream vision. I explored that. And now what's interesting is you're just proving this third point here, which is uh, we have to figure out how to deal with change and abundance and when things shift. And so I would offer this statement. When we're going from our current vision to our future vision, what we're doing is we're going from a lower metaphorical frequency, right, of feeling, of behavior, to a higher frequency of thought and feeling. And for those to happen, we first must consent. Our mind, our body fully must consent to this change in frequency or in, in shift into a business, right? And in Nikhil's case, he consented because he loved the people aspect. But there's a second very important piece. Not only do we have to consent to this higher frequency, we've always lived on the lower one, we also then have to adapt. Because things now for Nikhil, after uh, mentoring 84 startups, are much different, right, than things were in the past. So I would suggest we need to first consent to the change and then we need to adapt to the ideas and feelings this new life and frequency represents. Now, 
I know everyone's eyes are rolling into the back of their head, right? And we're running a little short on time. And what's really interesting is that we've been taking a 30-day accelerator course, a business accelerator course, and condensing it into one hour. And you know what's interesting is we've just hit day three. <laughs> and I wanted to share the value that uh, I send out to my 30-day exonerate uh, business accelerator, not uh, as a as a tool to market it, but as a tool to uh, send it to you and see about how you feel about this. And like, is this making sense to anyone? And I would like to give the rest of this room to anyone on stage to make any comments uh, about what's been said before. So, you know, if you have any comments to make flash a mic, whether it's your current vision, how has that landed for you? If you're listening on the podcast later, um, give me a DM. I'm at Billion Dollar Growth. Uh, send me a DM and ask a question. I'd be happy to answer it. Um, obviously, the pace is faster in this like one hour of collapsing time <laughs> into uh, what's usually takes 30 days. But I thought I'd offer a little bit of value that way. So second call for anybody that would like to share. Otherwise, we'll start to wind down. I know we covered a ton. I was trying to explore and experiment today with just how much value we could cram into a podcast. <laughs> So, all right, let's do a quick lightning round. Um, we'll start with Phil. Let me see here. Phil, if you had to be one of the elements of the earth, whether it's earth, fire, water, or uh, earth, fire, water, wind, air, wind. Air, earth, fire, water. Which would you be and why? Phil. Oh. Um, probably fire. Um, because I have, I'm a very passionate person uh, in my personal life. And when it comes to something that I care about, I get 100% and I give it all. Just like when fire, it just just takes everything. It just gives it all and, and it ends up burning itself out. Um, so that's, I, I guess I would be fire because I give my all just like fire just gives it all to the process of either redoing something or taking, destroying something. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thanks, Phil. Fire indeed. Uh, Lou, what element would you be my friend? Um, I would be fire too. I was I was wondering whether um, Phil was going to say Earth actually, but I would try and find a way not to burn out, just to keep going. So I'd have to make sure there were enough elements and fuel just to keep going. We got a lot of fire in this room. I love it. Thanks, Lou. How about Nikhil? What element would you most likely be, and why? Uh, I would be earth for sure because uh, uh, be it fire, water, or wind or air, now uh, I see my sense of purpose as uh, holding on to the ground and helping navigate, helping people navigate their sense of purpose. And uh, so 
<laughs> no matter the weather or season, uh, I'll stick to the ground and let help and then help people navigate this uh, situation. I love that, Nikhil. You are steadfast, supportive, and everlasting. I love it. No wonder eighty-four people. Uh, businesses have been mentored by you. How about Raj? What element, my friend? Okay, I'm going to be very similar to Phil and Lou. And the reason why I say that is I've always been a fiery person. And if you guys hearing my story, you probably understand that the passion and the fire and the determination and the persistence to get to where I wanted to, you need that desire sometimes just to get there. And I think if you don't have no burning desire, the keyword is burning, um, you probably won't get to your end goal. And I know that I, from time to time, um, um, do a lot and I got overboard and I don't burn out if I'm honest. Um, sorry, I had a call there. Um, I don't burn out if I'm honest. Um, and um, I tend to go on and on and on until I probably do burn out. But when I do burn out, I do take a break. You know, so that's, that's myself. Thank you, Tate. Uh, you're welcome, Raj. Fa- uh, water, uh, water, air, water, people, out of the podcast land. Get your fanny into our room. We need some more water and air. Uh, I will share with you, I am an air. I'm always up in the clouds thinking, intellectualizing, and that's one reason why your eyes probably glazed over this podcast, but I'm just kidding. Uh, but re-listen to the podcast. See what kind of golden nuggets you'll find listening to a second time today. Uh, thank you so, so much for being here with us today in the New Media Collective Clubhouse room. It's been beautiful to have on stage Nikhil Gupta, Lou Temlet, Raj Singh, and of course, Feel better, our podcast mogul. And I see Samantha Harmon out in the audience. It's Chinny Chinchella, our wonderful and beautiful model friend. And uh, I feel like Samantha might be, I don't know, maybe she's water because she's elegant and feels, you know, gives people good feelings. Uh, anyway, I digress. Thank you so much. One hour of business accelerator is a challenge. And if you've been challenged, this podcast, good. Because when we get to collapse time and move into uh, a couple things happen. One thing is we lose the perfectionism. Another thing that happens is we get off and JFDI, just effing do it. Just do it, right? That's what's holding us back sometimes out there. And if this has been motivational to you, if you want to come be part of our community of conscious entrepreneurs, go to my business uh, Instagram page at Billion Dollar Growth. Tap the link in the bio and you can come and join for free. What? For free? Yes, for free. Uh, Come join our community. Come up on stage Tuesdays, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Mountain. Share your voice. Today, we had two brand new people share their voice on stage uh, with us, and it was great to have you, Nikhil Gupta, and from earlier, uh, Sean was here with us talking about um, his screenwriting. So come on into the New Media Collective. All are welcome. We're conscious entrepreneurs. 
100% value and authenticity. Uh, and I, I just want to remind you that, you know, starting a business is not easy. And so listening at any rate, uh, I would love to uh, thank everyone on stage and we'll be ending our room in about five seconds. So feel free to say goodbye, say hello, whatever it is. So I'll end the room in five. Hey, have a great vacation. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye, Bye everyone.